This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c but then what happens is when they become a toddler, they start doing those behaviors out of aggression. Like they're upset, so then they scratch and kick and duh. Okay, we don't want them to do that when they're upset. We are okay with them being upset because that's okay to be upset, but it's not okay to hit, to scratch, to kick, to pull. And that's what we're trying to teach our kids with these boundaries in the moment. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Pete's Doc Talk podcast a podcast that keeps growing because of you and your reviews. So please don't stop leaving those reviews. We are at 985 reviews and it means so much to me. So thank you so much for tuning in and continuing to return On this episode of Monday Mornings with Dr. Mona, I am talking with Leah about her 18-month-old daughter, Isla, who is in a scratching, hitting, and kicking phase. Let's get into the conversation. Hey, Leah. So tell me, what is on your mind today as a mom? Hi, Dr. Mona. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I have been dealing a lot lately with my daughter's tantrums kind of escalating and evolving from the laying on the floor, you know, and crying that she was doing, you know, around 12 months and on to involving more aggressive behavior that we're just having a little bit of trouble navigating. And this is stuff that is really important to talk about because one, many times parents feel like the tantrums start at two, but you just said like at one, you started noticing some changes and you're like, "Mm, we're starting to see the tantrums early. I actually love talking about tantrums as early as nine months because it's the basic principles that we'll go over that can really help you as you go through this really critical phase that I think is now this 18 month old that you have that really we tend to talk more about the later years, but it's so important. So I'm so glad that we could connect today. What have you tried so far? Um, Again, I know there's some scratching, hitting and kicking when you talk about more physical behaviors. What have you done either in the moment, after the moment, as of now? So right now, we've been trying to acknowledge the feeling. So I see that you're angry. It's okay to be angry but it's not okay to hurt mama. I have tried repeating that and then maybe getting to a point. One of the things she really likes to do is grab my hair with both of her hands and Mm -hmm. like kind of pull me down with her. And I try to keep that nice calm voice while trying to untangle her hands from my hair. And In the moment, it does not feel like she's registering. And I totally get that. She's only 18 months old. So I'm not sure like how effective it is. And if I'm meeting her at her level, at other times when she's like really kicking or hitting, if I see you're having trouble controlling your body, I'm going to keep you from hurting mama. 
And it's almost like she does it more. And so the restraining doesn't like necessarily feel right either. Yeah. So that's basically the, what we've been doing so far. Oh, this is a very typical, common 18-month-old toddler thing. So again, I'm just so glad that we can talk about okay. this. I'm I'm getting a little bit excited because I just love helping people through oh. these kind of things. So we're going to get her to a point where she's not going to be doing these things. My own son did the same stuff and we got him through the phase, okay? Awesome. Um, That's and, great to hear. Yeah, I and I want like you to know that. Yes. Earlier, like everyone's like the terrible twos, the terrible twos. And I've been like, oh, well, we're kind of like no. dealing with that now. So uh, Absolutely. We actually went through everything like that people talk about that happened at two. We did everything in that first year, one to two. Um, And I know this from just my patients that I have and the families I talk to that 100%. Now, you already said it perfectly. An 18-month-old does not have the cognitive ability of a a two-and-a-half-year-old. But that being said, I still love what you're doing because even if they don't truly register, like you're saying, like the registration of the, oh, yeah, well, okay, I shouldn't be doing this. It's the repetition of the boundary that is so vital the younger they are. Now, repetition is going to be important for a two and a half year old as well, right? But for a two and a half year old, there's going to be more cognitive awareness where you can explain to him or her, you know, that, hey, this is why we do this. This is what's happening. But even that, the cause and effect of what you're doing in the moment is so vital at any age, especially when they're younger. So I give the example of this, right? Like your child is pulling your hair. So you are doing a great job of avoiding the big reaction, right? My own son would slap my husband in the face, like playfully, okay? Like it was playfully, but even a playful slap, a playful hair pull, a playful physical aggression, right? We want to make sure this toddler understands that they're trying to learn about their surroundings, right? But that this is not what we do for affection or attention because you are going to see that they're going to do it more and more like in the moment she's probably going to continue doing it more and more because she got your attention, right? Like just say you, she pulled your hair and you said, Isla, no. Oh, she's like, Oh, mommy just gave me a stern look. Let me just do it again. Mm. So she's going to continue to test the moment, right? You know what to do. You're going to continue to hold the boundary. Isla, we are not pulling mommy's hair or gently moving her hand from that, but avoiding the big, like, no, stop. Mm-hmm. Mm, no. Right. Because when you do yeah. nose or stop, what you just did is your facial expression is also changing. And they're like, oh, I just got mommy's attention. So I just got mommy's attention by pulling her hair. Let me just see what happens if I keep pulling her hair, right? So you are going to be in that state that says, okay, I'm not going to allow this pulling. That is the boundary that I'm creating. And I'm going to be very calm with the follow through. Now, what happens if she continues to pull? You are going to continue to say to her, Isla, no pulling. We can't pull mommy's hair. And again, matter of fact, conversation, not stop it. No, I said, no, how many times we're not going to do that. I know you're not doing that, but I want to, for everyone listening, I want to make sure that if you're doing that, we want to make sure that you are very matter of fact, we do not pull mommy's hair. If you pull mommy's hair, I have to take you away from mommy. And that means that you may have to move her off of you or move her next to you. And if she keeps continuing to grab, like you said, then you're going to give her a big hug and what you were saying you were doing. And Mm. sometimes it means right? Letting her feel upset with her not having access to your hair, right? Because just say a kid keeps trying to attack you. Like I'm giving an example, like my son went through a pinching phase. Okay. And so I'll say no, and he'll keep trying to pinch me. And I'm like, I'm moving away, Ryan, you can't pinch mama. Right. And then, you know, he'll try to come back and try to pinch me and I'll physically remove myself and I'll hold his hands down and he gets upset. 
But you have to understand that her being upset with you holding her or not allowing access to your hair, you're teaching the boundary that I'm not letting you get near my hair to pull it. And then the next key is giving them room for when can they touch your hair? When can they play with your hair? Just say she's caressing your hair on a separate occasion, right? Like I'm talking like you're sitting and she's brushing your hair. You can Mm -hmm. use those opportunities to tell her, Isla, thank you so much for brushing mommy's hair. That is a nice, gentle touch for mommy's hair. So you have now allowed the boundary to be created in the moment where you are not allowing her access to your hair to pull because she's been pulling it. But when she does show niceties, right? Caressing it, brushing it, just giving examples, you are highlighting oh yeah, this is what you do with hair. You don't pull hair, you touch it nicely. And even when you're like, just say you're brushing your hair, verbalize and say, mommy's brushing your hair. This is how we touch hair so that they get in their head that this is what I'm supposed to be doing with hair. I'm not allowed to pull it. I'm not allowed to be aggressive with it, but they don't understand that at 18 months unless they get that repetition. Right, okay. And the same thing goes with like scratching and kicking, which is why this all, I, you know, I'm happy that you're talking about it because again, the scratching and kicking and pulling as an entity is not a bad behavior in that they're learning, right? So kids are going to maybe scratch their coloring. They may scratch on a piece of paper. They may kick a ball. They may pull something. So we have to understand that these gestures are actually very normal human gestures that we do, but we have to understand they can't be done on hair. They can't be done when we're upset, right? Those are the two boundaries that we're trying to teach, right? When is it okay to touch someone's hair, which generally we should get consent to touch someone's hair, you know, (laughs) it's a physical thing, right? But also like using your example of kicking, right? Kicking is a very, very common thing that they'll do. And when she is kicking you, we have to be in the moment like you're doing. Like, Isla, I can't have you kick me. I see that you're frustrated, but I can't have you kick me. And then she keeps kicking. I'm going to hold you and give you a big hug. And it's okay to be upset, but we can't kick. And then when there is a, another moment, like just say she calms down and y'all go outside and play with a ball or you guys go somewhere else in the living room and there is something that is able to be kicked, right? Like a ball is yeah. the only thing that honestly is kickable, I guess. Right. <laughs> you say, Isla, you're kicking the ball. Very good. We kick the ball. We do not kick mommy right? But you can't teach a child these things, the right things in the moment of aggression, right? In the moment of aggression, you can't be like, Isla, no, 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 don't kick me, kick this ball, right? That's going to be confusing to them. They're angry, right? But in the moment, we have to hold firm and follow through with the boundary. And when I say follow through, that means that we can't just say, okay, fine, just you're not going to let her pull your hair, right? There's no opportunity. So it may mean allowing her to be upset for a little bit while you hold your boundary. And that may mean sitting across of her on the ground and she's crying in a ball, but you are not leaving the room. You're not leaving her alone. You are just sitting with her and saying, I know, I see that you're really upset because you want to pull mommy's hair, but I can't let you pull mommy's hair. That's it. No explanation of why hair can't be pulled in that moment. No explanation of like, okay, but kick this ball. In the moment when they're upset, all we can do is verbalize what we're seeing and hold true with the boundary and keep that repetition going. And it's not going to be an overnight thing that one day she's just going to stop doing it. It's going to take time, but it's not allowing that to happen. And pinching, hitting, scratching, pulling. And I bring it up to the listeners who may have a younger child who's nine months because maybe they do it out of love. When Ryan was an infant, he would pull my hair or take off my glasses, but that was a lovey thing, right? He wasn't being aggressive. He was doing it out of like 
exploration, right? But then what happens is when they become a toddler, they start doing those behaviors out of aggression. Like they're upset. So then they scratch and kick and duh. Okay. We don't want them to do that when they're upset. We are okay with them being upset because that's okay to be upset, but it's not okay to hit, to scratch, to kick, to pull. And that's what we're trying to teach our kids with these boundaries in the moment. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess meals. Chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just 2 minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno, lime cheddar chicken, and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with factor meals because they're ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious factor meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 and use code peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code peedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood explains. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Right. Oh, my God. That's also helpful. I can think of so many instances where those steps, I think were, I was definitely missing the allowing her to be upset. I think mm-hmm. that is going to be really helpful. I do have one follow-up question about an instance that things like this are happening a lot when we're putting her in her car seat. Yeah. Which becomes more difficult because we're in a limited space. Yes. Often we have to get somewhere. That's why we're getting in the car, obviously. And that has been hard for me to figure out as she fights back harder because it's like, okay, I have to put her in. I'm trying to meet her where she's at, but she doesn't seem to be allowing us to get any further than where we're at right now, if that makes sense. Yes. And so the tight space obviously makes everything more chaotic. Let's be honest. Like, so let's first recognize that, right? Like what feelings come up in your brain when she's fighting you for that moment? Like 
are you worried about her? Are you frustrated because you're like, dude, like just get in the car seat. Like tell me the emotion you're feeling. Cause this is, I love asking this question because it really helps me from a psychological perspective, like help you out more when I understand your frustration. Yeah. I think I am very frustrated. And then I'm also stressed because I'm worried that in my frustration or in her like fighting back, I'm not going to be able to secure the car seat in the way that I should be like, Oh no, what if, I noticed that a strap when I'm driving falls down her shoulder because I wasn't able to get it just right, just trying to get her in the car. So I think it's both really frustrated, but then also that like stress, like, oh, I have to get this right. Well, in all of these situations, right, we have to do something that needs to happen, right? So in this situation, you're trying to get your child in the car seat. You want to make sure that she's going to go in and there's no negotiating. Like there's no, like, do you want to go in? Like you are making it a statement, right? Isla, we're going in the car seat. So there's no, like, do you want to, I hope that's not happening, but that's not going to happen. And then you're going to put her in the car seat and she may start to go like, like a stiff as a board. So you want to basically tickle her feet, tickle her belly so that she relaxes her body so that you can get her in to that scooped position so that she's now sitting because yeah, when she's stiff as a board, you got to tickle or you got to loosen up the muscles a little bit. And sometimes that means the feet or the belly. Okay. Or the back where you're really trying to get her in that way. And then once she's in, she may not like it, but remember you are saying we have to go in the car seat. I see that you don't love it. And then if she starts to kick and hit you right in the process, Mm -hmm. obviously you can't do things simultaneously. Correct. You can't strap her in and at the same time, hold her hands down. Like it's not always going to be easy. So you just have to get the job done and, you know, get her arm under. You're not going to be able to do the whole like, okay, like, let me hold your arms down, da, 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 Mm -hmm. because you're doing, you're trying to get her in the car seat, right? Right. Um, The priority is getting her safely into the car seat. So you are going to put her in. The arms are going to get strapped in. If she's kicking and kicking, you can gently like touch her legs, but the priority is getting her in the seat first. And then once she's in the seat, she's strapped in, you make sure everything's level, whatever, you're going to be okay. Okay. Like don't worry about not being safe enough. Like you are going to put the straps. You know how to make sure that the chest clip is at the right level. Make sure that's okay. If you need to unstrap or, you know, twist, untwist some of the straps and do that. Um, but you're doing all the right things. But yeah, in that moment, you're not going to be able to say like, okay, sweetie, like, you know, we don't pull hair. We don't do this. Like you're going to just move the hair. She starts grabbing your hair. You're going to get the job done, which is what needs to get done at that moment. And then that's the scenario with the car seat. That is so helpful. I don't know how I never thought to like tickle her or to get her to loosen or anything like that. Um, That's been a major struggle with this so far. So that is also great. And all of this, like, right, like you're talking about like the desire to not want to do something. And then also, um, you know, this can come with like a little bit of the aggression. Did she ever start kicking in the car seat? Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. A lot. That's why you brought it up. Yeah. So yeah. remember, so with the kicking, you're having to carry a kicking child, which means you have to, obviously on the podcast, it's hard, but you're going to have to hold their legs while you scoop them and put them into the car seat, tickle the toes or the, again, the belly and make it kind of fun, right? Like meaning you're not making it fun that she's upset, but you will be like, I see, I, I know, honey, we're going to get you in the seat. And oh, mommy's going to give you a little tickle here and a little tickle here. Like you're just making it more of a jovial thing that I see that you're upset, but we're going to get you in. Like, it's not, you know, she's done this before. This is not harming right. her. Like, this is not harming you. Like she needs to get in the seat. And then again, with the kicking, 
you are going to get kicked. Okay, like, like, let's right. just call a spade a spade here. You're going to get kicked because of the dynamics of trying to put a kid into the car seat. So now is not going to be the time to be like disciplining her about the no kick suite. You know, we don't kick because you're trying to do something else at the same time, right? Like the kicking I'm talking about more like if she's trying to kick you, like she came over and just kicked you in your face or kicked right. you in your belly <laughs> when you set a boundary or she's just upset with you. But the car seat situation is slightly different because just from the physical dynamics of everything, like they're yeah. going to just kick. So you can't do the whole, okay, let me hold your legs down. And if you keep kicking me, because you need to use that moment to get her in the seat. Like that is the priority, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's also helpful because I think that a lot of the time I'm trying to be like, okay, I have to validate her feelings. I have to, you know, check all these other boxes, but sometimes, you know, you got to sacrifice to get the job done. So I am very big on validation. Like I, that's what we do with our son. We, we do a lot of validation. We do a lot of empathizing and a lot of um, verbalizing. So validation is also the verbalization of what you're seeing he or she, your child go through, right? So I, I see that you really don't want to go into this car seat, right? So you're verbalizing what you're seeing. And I see that you're frustrated. I see that this, I see that this, you know, I see it, but we're not allowed to do this, right? That is when it comes very important to say, I see what you're feeling and what you are doing, but we are not allowed to do that. And holding very true to that boundary and the calm follow through of, okay, you're not allowed to pull my hair and I'm going to follow through with that. And I think the misconception people have with verbalizing and empathizing, they think a lot of times, and I see this on social media, they think that that is going to make the child calm down. No, the child's job is for them to have their feelings. And our job is for us to be very consistent with the boundary and not getting roped in with any of the emotional stuff that they do. So if they start being upset, you're obviously not going to allow them to start hitting you again, correct? You're not going to allow them to start kicking you again. They may not like your boundary, which in this situation is no hitting, no kicking, no pulling. But with that, it may come a little bit of being upset. And that being upset doesn't mean that they're not going to love you, right? You have to go in the car seat, correct? You held the boundary. You're teaching them that pulling and hitting and kicking bodies and hair is not allowed. That is useful, right? So when you look at it from that mindset, that what I'm teaching my child here is a useful thing. It's okay if they're upset, right? It's okay. And it's okay. Like when they're just say you're sitting on the ground as an example of she um, pulled your hair and now you both are sitting on the ground and she's in a ball crying. You set the boundary and she didn't like it. You can sit with her and say, Isla, like, I see that you really don't like that. You can't pull mommy's hair. I'm here. If you need it, I'm here. If you need me, if you want to hug, like I'm right here and we can hug, but we can't pull in that moment when she's upset, right? You have now set the boundary that you are not allowed to pull my hair. But she's allowed to have connection with you in other ways, which means a hug, which means love, right? And so you're teaching her in that moment that you can be upset. And I would sometimes just sit with my son, right? Like I would sit with him. He would just cry because he didn't like that I wouldn't allow him to pinch me. And I would just repeat, I'm here if you need me, but you can hug mommy. You can't pinch mommy. You can hug mommy. You can't pull her hair, right? And then they may come crawling to you or walking to you, but That is how you can do this if you don't implore timeouts, right? If you don't implore, you know, um, these kind of things, because you're allowing them the space, right, to be upset, but you're also giving them the connection. And when they do come to you, they may be like, no, I let me be like, no, mama, no, no. If she says words, right, she might be like, Mm -hmm. no, you just stay and be there with the feeling. I think one thing that I think is really happening is that when I hear parenting advice is you know, we're being okay with all the feelings, but we're not truly being okay with the feelings. Like we're not truly Mm -hmm. being okay with them being upset 
after a boundary is being set because we think that, oh, then they're mad at me. No, they just didn't like that they can't pull hair. It doesn't mean that they don't love us, right? They right. they just are not understanding that this is a new rule that we're not allowed to do. And with the repetition and time, they're going to understand that, yep, pulling hair is not okay with my mommy. Hitting my mommy is not okay. Pinching my mommy is not okay. Kicking her is not okay, right? But I really hope that this can help kind of just reframe how we are envisioning the moment, right? Because in the moment, it's really hard when they're doing that. And an 18-month-old is more cause and effect, right? No hitting, we move on, right? They're not going to understand so much as a 24-month-old or 30-month-old of why, why, whys. But I still believe, like I said earlier, I still believe that it's useful for our mindset, right? Because when you explain, it also helps you calm down so that you don't react, that you don't have that big reaction, Because I think that big reaction subconsciously happens sometimes, right? Like who wants to be hit in the face by a child? Like, let's be honest. So then all of a sudden you're like, oh, again, your face gets stressed, right? I mean, we've all been there, but you want to make sure that you understand like, okay, this was not personal. This was not anything that like my child's a bad kid. My child just is not understanding and I'm going to teach them, you know, in this moment. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's also, like you said, not just helpful for the mindset, but also the practice. One thing I was worried about was if I broke what I was trying to do, that I'd get into a pattern where I'm, you know, disciplining in a way that I don't like for when she's older. So I think the repetition also is just helpful for my husband and myself as well. So thank you so much for these strategies. I'm almost excited for her to pull my hair again. Yes. You're like, let's do this. Yeah. And, and and let me be honest, the final take home is you have to make sure that anyone who is involved with your child mm-hmm. understands that the reaction is huge. Like what we do in that moment, like how we react is going to be extremely important. And what I mean by that is we do not want to react with a big reaction. So watch the big reaction. Like, so for example, if your partner is more likely to be like, Isla, stop, right? she's likely going to pull and hit that person more because she's like, oh, this is a game. Like this is a reaction I'm getting, right? So everyone has to kind of be like, I know it's hard. I've said it earlier. Like it's not easy when our child physically hurts us, but even though they're aggressive, they're not doing it out of like being, again, a bad quote unquote kid. There's no such, they're literally just trying to figure out, well, if I pull, what's going to happen? If I throw, what's going to happen? If I do this, what's going to happen? They are very much cause and effect in this age. And you are going to, I love it. You're going to be like, okay, let's do this. And you're going to be super calm, as calm as you can. I understand that it's not perfect. It's hard not to change your facial expression when your child pulls your hair, but you are going to be very matter of fact about it too. Isla. And again, you may make the face, but once she pulls it, Isla, we don't pull mommy's hair. And if she does it again, right? Isla, we don't pull hair. If you pull mommy's hair again, I have to take you off my lap right? And then if she keeps trying to pull your hair off the lap, she goes. And if she starts crying and starts running to you, you can be like, Isla, you can't pull my hair, but if you want a hug, I'm here. And if she keeps trying to pull the hair, you have to physically remove yourself and just sit with her. And she may sit and cry in that ball, like I mentioned, but you are going to give her space and give her feelings and allow it. And then keep reiterating, I'm here if you need me. I'm here if you need me. But you can let them just kind of be in that moment. And then she'll understand the fact that you're not leaving the room, that you're okay with her crying, but that you're not okay with the behavior. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And awesome. I love it. Um, I can't wait to hear how it goes. And remember that this is not going to be like tomorrow she's going to stop 
pooling, but I do feel like right. pooling is one of those things that if you can do these tips and tricks for at least a week consistently, I think you're going to see that there's going to be a huge reduction in the pooling. Every phase that we've gone through with any sort of pinching, pooling, hitting, all of that, it's this week of consistency. And it may be that you have to do it again when she turns 30 months that she yeah. does another physical behavior that is new that you've never seen before, right? And you're going to do the same principles then. And I'm excited. I love that you're excited too, that you're going to put yeah. these strategies into use. Oh, totally. I really am. I'm not even exaggerating. So thank you so much. I also just feel so much more confident coming up against something like that. You know, it's been so often lately. So yeah, um, I feel much more armed with tools. So thank love you. Love it. So what would you say would be like the biggest take homes for you that maybe you guys can start using like tonight or today? Yeah. So I think there's two things for sure. For me, I feel like I am pretty good with the non-reaction, but I have when she gets upset, I haven't really known what to do from there. So I think moving myself away from her and sitting with her and allowing her to feel that way is big for me. And then I think for my husband, I'll want to tell him, you know, that the tone of voice needs to be matter of fact, because he tries very hard, but he has said to me lately, you know, when I say her name, like Isla, she stops and listens. And I'm like, ah, but still, so I think that's going to be huge for me to take home to him. Um, you know, the matter of fact tone of voice is really important. Yeah. And it's that matter of fact where we are saying what it is and not saying, okay, at the end, right? Like, um, we're not, we're not supposed to pull hair. Okay. It's going to be like, we don't pull hair, right? There's that difference, right? Like the tone was the same, right? We don't pull hair. Okay. We don't pull hair. That difference is going to be extremely so that it's not like a question. It's like, no, we do not pull hair. Like we do not pull hair. If you pull my hair, I'm going to do this, right? And that can really help in that long run because then that's, again, boundary setting where there's no question. It's what me and my partner have decided and you and, you know, what you guys do is so important and being very consistent. I love it. I think you're going to see some changes and um, I can't wait for her to pull what needs to be pulled but and and kick what needs to be kicked, but not your hair and not your body. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Of course. Leah and I went over some amazing concepts that I want to tie up for you to wrap up this episode. And remember, as I do on all of these Monday mornings with Dr. Mona segments, I am going over three principles that I think can really encompass what we talked about. And these same principles can be used in various different parenting scenarios. Number one, avoid the big reaction. When they pull our hair or hit us or kick us, I'm going to be honest, it's really hard not to get upset, get reactive, right? Our facial expressions. We say no. We have that big reaction, but that reaction gets them attention. They do a lot of this as trial and error to figure out, well, if I do this, what will happen? But they also do a lot of these actions to get our attention and a big reaction is attention. So it's as much as you can. I want you to control your response. This is a whole part of mindful parenting, but it really takes a lot in our core to just make it matter of fact. Make it that this is not affecting you. It happened and we are moving forward. Which brings me to number two, speaking as matter of fact rather than asking a question. So when you're trying to set a boundary, rather than saying, you can't pull mommy's hair, okay? That makes it seem like there's some leeway here that they can pull mommy's hair. You want to say, we don't pull mommy's hair versus we don't pull mommy's hair, okay? Even though you notice that my tone is the same, when you add the okay, it makes it seem like it's negotiable. No, pulling hair is not negotiable. It's very important to speak as matter of fact as possible in various situations, especially when boundary setting. And number three, really important here, 
highlighting the right, especially in situations where they are pulling, scratching, kicking, because some of those behaviors are actually very normal and normal behavior. You can, you know, brush your hair, you can pull certain things, you can kick a ball. Um, Sometimes in art, you may have to do some scratching. So we want to really highlight it when they're doing the right thing. So when they are touching your hair nicely, obviously highlighting, right? When they are pulling on a toy or like a rope, great job pulling the rope. You're pulling the rope, but you're not pulling mommy's hair, right? Like it has to be when they're calm. You cannot teach them these things when they're in the moment of pulling your hair or kicking. When they're kicking you, we need to set the boundary and move them away and do all the things that we mentioned. But if you're outside playing with the ball, great job kicking the ball. The more they hear in their brain, the positive things that they're doing with the actions, the more they're going to understand that, yes, I kick the ball. I do not kick a human being. So highlight the right. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Monday Mornings with Dr. Mona. As always, if you love the new format, if you love this podcast, make sure you leave a review or rating because that is how more people discover this podcast. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.